As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is powered by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. What's up, everybody? So welcome back to Attention to Detail, the podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Ayers. It's clearly been a long time uh, since we've been on here. Took a little bit of a hiatus. Summer was crazy. Just kind of a personal, uh, not story, but kind of explain what's been going on. We had our summer academy going on, which took up a ton of time, clearly. Uh, haven't had much time to other than just kind of the regular Instagram YouTube content get a bunch of content out but we're back summer Academy we flew in a bunch of kids or you know literally athletes of all ages all locations to come train with us um, it was an unbelievable experience we had players from literally every corner of the world some local some from around the states um, so it was cool man it was it was a really cool experience also, I've been traveling a little bit. I believe I've done four traveling clinics since the last time I was on here. So it's been crazy, but we're back. My number one goal is always to provide value to you guys. Um, and I think this podcast is something that I forget how much value it can give and, and how many things I can explain in this kind of longer form stop. So I'm excited. Uh, still very, very busy with a lot of stuff going on, but that's good. You know, busy is good if we're doing it the right way. That's something I'll talk about on an episode soon. Um, but I do want to make these kind of shorter episodes because I know that you're probably busy as well. We'll get in, talk about something. I won't waste your time and get out and you will have learned something every single time, right? And hopefully that thing today is going to be how to kind of shift your mobility training, especially making one kind of small philosophical shift in your mobility training or how you see mobility training that is going to change your results for good like i promise you this has been an unbelievable shift and elevation in how i've trained mobility over the last few years um, and hopefully it'll do the same thing for you all right so the main thing and the main reason why 
I was kind of sparked to talk about this is because literally every time I come into the gym, I see players stretching out, doing those kind of 20-second hamstring stretches, sitting in a butterfly, and then they get on the court, and that was their mobility work. Or, you know, I'll see an Instagram video with TikTok, whatever. Hey, this is your mobility work. You're going to sit in a static stretch. Again, this is, and I say this about everything, this in itself is not bad. Static stretching is not bad. Passive stretching, which I'll get into, is not bad. But when it's the only thing that you do for your mobility, that's where it can have its downfalls. And I'll get into all this. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. But my general topic of today will be why you should make your mobility more like strength work, why you should load that mobility up, why you should be sweating when you're doing mobility training. All right. So again, I think that's the main thing that we'll that we'll target, we'll get in, we'll get out. You know, I'm rambling right now, so let's get to it. All right. So first off, what is static stretching? What do we get out of it in the first place? All right. That's when you sit in stretch for an extended period of time. It'll in the acute sense improve your range of motion. All right. You'll get some good mood effects. It feels good. You kind of relieve some tension doing that, which is why everyone kind of loves doing it i love doing it who doesn't like sitting in a static stretch and kind of feeling the benefits that come from it um but i think the biggest thing that i just said there is that those are acute benefits right acute means now temporary short term chronic means long term we theoretically want long-term benefits when we're working on our mobility so we're chasing those chronic benefits all right so what a static stretch does or really just any kind of passive stretch does is it will essentially acutely open up new ranges of motion right so you do a hamstring stretch you hold it for 20 seconds by the end of that hamstring stretch great i can get a few more inches into that stretch amazing here's the thing number one that's only for the time being after i can't remember the exact window and that's on my that's on my end. I definitely should know that. Um, so I'll try to put that in the show notes or in the post on Instagram. After a certain window of a couple hours, that plasticity will go away. That new range of motion will go away, right? So maybe you feel that in when you hop into your training session or your game or whatever, but it's going to go away. So you're going to have to keep doing that over and over and over again. The second thing is because we're getting into that new range of motion and we don't permanently own that range of motion it can produce some negative effects right let's say you static stretch to get into that lower range of motion great you're not strong in that range of motion you haven't worked there you haven't strengthened your muscles your your nervous system doesn't know how to work in those ranges of motion so what this can do is number one it can produce negative effects um, and this is kind of separate but static stretching in a way and because of this and among other things or because of other things as well can decrease your rate of force development, your overall power output. Um, so if you sit there and static stretch before a workout and that's all you do, then theoretically you may not perform as well. And what it can do secondly, and potentially even worse, is you get to those ranges of motion, but again, you're not strong there, and guess what? You get hurt there. Because when you can access new ranges of motion and you don't know how to control it, you can't contract in the same way that you could in your kind of regular uh, range of movement, then you have a pretty good chance 
not a pretty good chance, but you have more of a chance of getting hurt. Um, so I think that's something to understand is like, yes, let's get into new ranges of motion, but we have to strengthen them, right? And here comes in my theory and many other people say, this is not just me, but this is something I feel like needs to really hit hoopers and skills trainers among performance trainers, but I think performance training has come along, especially those who it's kind of new to. I think this should become the new way we work on mobility, right? We get to this range of motion. Great. We static stretch. We foam roll. We can now access new ranges of motion. Amazing. That's good. I'm not just talking down on it. All right. We get to these new ranges of motion and then we strengthen them. We train there. All right. There are a couple more steps after that. I'll get into those later because I want to talk about how we can train these things. So number one, again, don't just think of mobility as stretching. It's working there. Let's say um, you would typically do kind of your your um, butterfly stretch, right? For your adductors, your groins. Great, right? Sit in that adductor stretch. You'll feel a little bit more range of motion. Now we can get into something um, where maybe we, we start in kind of a crawling position. So imagine you're tabletop, right? Hands under shoulders, uh, knees under the hips. You're just kind of sitting there, all fours on the ground. You reach out with your right foot, all right? You can kind of imagine how that feels. It's a little stretch in that groin, all right? That's great. We're going to hold that just like you would hold your butterfly stretch. This gets us to a deeper range of motion. Now let's train this, all right? So now let's push into the ground as hard as you can and own that range of motion, all right? In another sense, maybe you're getting into a hip flexor stretch, your typical couch stretch or kind of like a, a deep lunge that we get into. Everyone kind of knows that stretch. You step your right foot out pretty far maybe. And you can feel that stretch in the back left hip flexor. One thing I'll have athletes do is while they're in that position, they're pushing into a wall as hard as they can. All right, and this does a couple things, but mainly the point that I want to get at is we're getting to that position now we're stretching it, we're getting into what a stretch would be, but now we're making it training, now we're making it active, we're not just passively sitting there, we're working there, we're having to push into the wall, we're having to get strong in this range of motion. So this can go for a lot of things and I'll try to supplement this with some videos on the topic. Um, and you know, we do this in the programs all the time, I post some of these on Instagram, I actually just posted one on YouTube about how to get low and just kind of the mobility component of that. But I think the main thing to understand is if you're going to do a stretch, yes, you can hold it passively for a little bit, but always try to find a way to make it more active, make it more like training, make it more like where we're strengthening these range of motions. All right, we can do more isolated stuff. Um, so like, let's say we have terrible ankle mobility, ankle dorsiflexion mobility. One kind of series I'll do is we'll just push that knee over the toe as far as possible heel will be on the ground you kind of feel that stretch in the back of your leg back of your lower leg your soleus from there i want i'm going to put a weight on my knee so now it's really forcing myself in that stretch more that's kind of our passive stretch and then from there i will stand up and do kind of some ankle reaches or just something simple where we're now we're getting into that range of motion and controlling it this could be kind of a t-spine a thoracic spine exercise or mobility exercise where we're twisting all right we're kind of rotating through our upper trunk, our upper body, the upper, upper body, I guess, and pushing against the wall as hard as we can. So we're now working in that uh, range of motion. So again, all of these are tools. We could go overcoming ISOs. That was kind of an overcoming ISO, but essentially just 
anything where you're pushing as hard as you can into the ground, into the wall, into something. Because again, we just wanna make sure that our mobility work is more like training. You're sweating after your mobility session, right? You could feel a little soreness the next day because you're getting to these ranges of motion and you're now owning them. You're not just getting there, but you're owning them. You're getting strong in those positions. All right, so just think about every time you stretch, you get into a new position. Now you have to get strong in that position. Amazing. All right, because again, the reason why we only get those acute benefits, we don't get those chronic long-term benefits from static stretching is because we may get there, we may get to that low position, but when we do get there, our brain's like, eh, no, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of being in this position and not, not being strong there. I'm, it's a little bit at risk. You may get injured because you're not strong here. Let me just kind of reel that back in, right? And then you got to do it again. Then you got to do it again. If we just add some strength to our mobility, we can get to that position. We can strengthen that position. And because of that, our body's like, yo, bet, I'll let you get back here because I know that I'm strong in this position. Um, and this also kind of rolls into adding power and speed into it. This is something that I'm really trying to implement more because I haven't seen as much research, really any research. Uh, I may have just not looked hard enough, but I haven't really seen much re research, excuse me, in terms of adding power and speed into mobility. But I feel like it makes sense. And it's something that I think we can really start to at least experiment with. Um, when I'm in the gym with athletes, I've done it and I've seen some pretty good results on my end. But just think of this as, yes, you got there. Yes, you now strengthen those ranges of motion, but now you're teaching your nervous system and getting it accustomed to moving through these ranges of motion with speed. And again, in basketball, it's pretty damn high speed. When you're making a crossover, you're getting into that really low position, right? And there's a ton of mobility that can go into that internal rotation. Um, adductors ankle and all kind of planes of movement there's a lot that goes into that it's like all right yeah we we got there we own those positions now we have that mobility but now let's add another element to that another step to that which is getting it comfortable with power and speed through those things and i think this is huge um so now for example i'll add some speed into it whether that's um kind of quickly dropping into like a really low lunge with some weight and then getting it out of it as fast as I can. So now we're making this mobility work fast as well, which is uncomfortable. And it's something that we have to build up to because we can't just go from, you know, being the static stretcher to loading up and working really, really explosively in our lowest, most vulnerable positions. But it's something that after we get strong here, we add some speed into it. And this is where I've really seen the most transfer to the court, if we're being real. Um, when the player, the athlete, myself, whoever it may be, just kind of strengthens the position. Yes, we feel a little bit more comfortable here on the court, but it's like, damn, I still can't access it when I'm trying to get into a crossover, when I'm playing defense, when I'm snatching back, when I'm trying to drop into a low position, whatever the position we're trying to get to is. It's like, damn, I, I, still, don't, I, I still don't have it, if that makes sense. Then I've added some speed, some power to it, and it's like, all right, now I'm starting to feel it. Um, and then I would say the last step, and I'll kind of summarize this four-step process, is adding it into game, I guess, but in our case, basketball-specific uh, positions and, and movements, right? So this is, let's say you worked a ton on your in hip internal rotation ability, right? Then you added some strength into it, so you're doing some isometrics at the end range. 
then you added some power into it, right? So now you're moving through this uh, internally to externally to internally to externally rotated position at the hip with some power, with some explosiveness, all right? Now your body's like, all right, I kind of know, or your nervous system is like, all right, now I kind of know how to do these things. So now it's like, all right, let's jump over to the court and get you moving in ways on the court where you're comfortable or where you're doing these things, where you're internally rotating at the hip, but you're getting comfortable doing it with a basketball movement while you're making that crossover, right? So I think the four-step process, and this is, you know, I literally could have just given you this and you would have walked away with something, hopefully, is number one, access new ranges of motion. This could be, uh, you know, your static stretches, your foam rolling stuff that just creates that temporary change. It's like, hey, I can get into new ranges, great. Second is strengthening, all right? So then you get strong in these positions. These could be isometrics, mainly isometrics for me, um, but certain ways where we are getting into these ranges of motion and then holding the position with weight, with load, working here. Um, even just kind of doing these quick pulses like oscillations. This is great, now we get strong in these positions. After that, step three, we have some power, some speed to it, so we're working into and out of these ranges of motion with some explosiveness. Then after that, we're making this live. We're stepping over the court. Typically, if you go through all four of these, I guess, in one session, you'll get onto that court and be like, what the hell? Like, this feels crazy fluid. I feel crazy mobile right now. That's a great feeling. Um, I think it, it makes sense because you're going through those four steps, those four progressions, you eventually get to the point where we're on the court, and boom, it works out. So, recap, other than that kind of four step process, I always talk, talk crap, talk shit about certain things, static stretching, whatever. It's not bad. It's really not inherently bad. Uh, I'll do some static stretching sometimes, whether it's before a session, you know, kind of priming myself up for something like this, or just I'm chilling in my room. I'm like, ah, oh, my hip's tight. Let me just do this to make me feel better, right? We all do things that make us feel better, and it can have some benefits, as we know. As long as you then strengthen, then make more powerful, then make more specific these ranges of motion, perfectly okay with you doing this. You can stick to your routines if you have one. Um, so just keep this in mind. Again, basketball, developing an athlete is always gray area. It's not really black and white. Um, so keep this in mind. This is not always gonna be perfect either. I'm not saying this is your four-step process to get more mobile, no. You guys know I never do that, all right? There are ways to get more mobile that are not in this podcast, and I'll give you that disclaimer right now. Um, but I do think that this is a pretty dummy-proof, surefire way to get more mobile and do it on a way or in a way that helps you not only move more fluidly on the court but prevent injuries when you do get to these ranges of motion. Um, so, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this. I will share as many examples as possible. I'll kind of make this a theme over the next couple of weeks. Also, dropping if not have dropped by this time, uh, the ultimate athletics program, which is a big focus, getting more mobile in basketball positions. And, and then coupling that with ways that will make you more fluid on the court. So, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, checking out.